We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? I'll tell you why I hate Ben. Oh God, where do you start? Well, firstly, every town in Cornwall. Yeah. Paddy McGuinness. Yeah. Pete Andre. Yeah. Josh Whittaker. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go on. But something I really hate, and I've noticed it in, it's in lots of cookery programs. Mm. When people eat something really tasty, their face doesn't light up and they smile and they go, mmm, that's delicious. They just do this thing where they go, mmm. <laughs> Their eyes close and they just kind of like look up and I'm just like, the f*** is wrong with you? They're in some kind of ecstasy. Yeah, and they make horrible noises as well. Yeah. What's wrong with going, mmm, and then rubbing your tum in a circular motion? <laughs> when did that stop being cool? Yeah, I've actually been watching a bit of MasterChef recently. My mm. older son's got quite into it. We yeah. both find it quite emotional. Okay. I feel like it's genuine talent. Okay. Like there's no other talent show that I would say anyone deserves a prize at the end really yeah but ben i feel like you're being economic with the truth there because you also famously in love with greg wallace <laughs> to the point where you've been warned by the police for stalking him i thought you weren't going to talk about that well you can't you're not allowed to bring it up you're not allowed to i'm allowed to talk about him at ease oh so i just have to listen to you talk about my man <laughs> yeah oh, oh i love my chef but the fish fingers make me feel emotional yeah is it that ben or is it Greg Wallace's waxy dome. <laughs> I remember some peep show. They gave the perfect description to him and John Turode, yeah, which is those two men who look like robbers, <laughs> <laughs> and they absolutely do. You could put them both in Home Alone, and that would be <laughs> it. Would be a perfect swap, wouldn't it? I'd love to see John Turode get tarred and feathered. Who do you think would be the leader between the two of them? I'm trying to think, because it's Harry and Marv, isn't yeah. it? John's a bit more dominant, isn't he? So he, he, is, he yeah. would probably be the Harry. Yeah. And I imagine Greg would be the Mark. I'd love to see a British remake of Home Alone with those two of the robbers <laughs> and wee Jimmy Cranky as Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, you know, the first one, he's saved by the old weird guy. I like that, man. That would be uh, Uncle Albert from Only Fools and Horses <laughs> would play that guy. With a massive spade at the end. <laughs> That bit with the old man where he's reunited with his family always makes me cry. Does it? Yeah. I've always fancied spending a Christmas bond myself. I feel like it'd be really good. <laughs> You're just jealous of Kevin. I'm jealous of the old guy. Oh, right. Oh, I'm like, okay. why are you calling your son? Yeah. you got Christmas to yourself. Yeah, you'd like to become estranged from your family. Well, not forever. Just one Christmas and then go back to normal. What would you do yeah. if you had that one Christmas? Just to yourself. I would just watch films and get drunk all day. That'd be brilliant. Do a big treat shop on Christmas Eve. Yeah, oh. just get loads of crisps and sweets. <sighs> get one of those um, bacon crunchy pillows. Oh, man. Yeah, now you're talking. In fact, I'd sleep on that. Yes. And then I'd wake up the next morning, lift up my head and headbutt my pillow to pop it. <laughs> so I go... <laughs> bang, bang. Do people know what we're talking about? Bacon Crunchy Pillow? Might need a little bit of context So Bacon here. Crunchy Pillow was a, a sort of torso-sized bag <laughs> of um, 
bacon crunchy crisps that we used to be able to get at my local petrol station. I feel like the bag was taut, wasn't it? Yes, it was like air. that's why we call it a pillow. <laughs> and yeah, I do. I very much enjoy that idea of having a nice night's sleep, then slamming your head back on the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Bang! And like both ends. Burst open. Yeah, Chris come flying out. Come on, what a way to wake up on Christmas. Okay, let's just find the safe and get the hell out of here. I'll check the back of the house. I'll check the front. Money, you head upstairs. Yeehaw! What'd you do that for? His name isn't Money anymore. That's right. I'm Donkey now. Yeehaw! Would you stop? When you stop saying my name wrong, dog. Fine. Donkey, you check upstairs. Yeah, that's cool. I need the bathroom anyway. Can we please stay focused? Hello? Is there anybody there? I can hear your hearts beating. You won't find anything here. I have nothing of value. No credit cards. No jewelry. No money. Oh no. Hey, Eamon, guess what? What? I've got a secret. What's your secret? You know 50 Cent? Yeah. He got shot nine times. What? Yeah, nine times. Wow. What most people don't know, though, mm. is he got shot nine times in the exact same place. Where was that? Um, his left wing. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and uh, they shot him once in the wing, mm-hmm. and then they shot him nine more times, and it went straight through the same hole. Jeez. And that's why he was fine. I don't know what I find more impressive, that all nine shots hit him in the same place, although he has wings. It's hard to choose. I mean, yeah, it's difficult doing a gangster rap about your beautiful wings. Well, that's why he doesn't talk about them in his rap song. I can feel that Ben is in one of those moods, so I'm going to quickly try and steer us back into what I would call more conventional podcast chat. I'm I'm loath to do it too much. Obviously, everyone loves talking about 50 Cent having wings. (laughs) But just in case there's one or two people who don't, let me take it from here for the next few seconds. Uh, Welcome to Watching Films on the Toilet. My name is... Eamon. Yeah, my name's Ben. Two dads. Yeah. With young families and no time. We got kids, yo. We got kids. Don't you know that? We got no time, yo. We love watching violent films with loads of action, basically things our children can't watch. Yeah. So we watch them on the DL in the toilets. Mm-hmm. DL stands for down low, if you're not yeah. street like I am. <sighs> You're so gangster, Eamon. That's right. Did we talk about my association with, with the Crips? You are gang-affiliated. Not sure if we should talk about that so much on the podcast. I don't want to be uh, shot in the street for being mm. linked to that. Yeah. Because I'm not. So I'm open to gang offers. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Any gangs, if you want a quite skinny guy who looks remotely like Kevin Bacon and goes off the rails occasionally, mm-hmm. then hit me up. Well, it's a great sell. I'm sure the phone will be ringing off the hook. <laughs> Probably just be text messages. On a burner, I'll get, I'll have to get one of those burner phones now. You I? will do. You've got loads, haven't you? Yeah, but I do actually burn them for, for heat. Oh, <laughs> pretty sure that's not what you're meant to do with them. Well, maybe that's why I have no money. They're not kindling. Well, every time I try and start a fire, I have at least three or four iPhones. I mean, I, the absolute lowest I'll go is six plus. So a few iPhones just to get the the fire going. Every time I light a fire, it costs approximately £1,200. I bet it's a really um, thick, smoky fire. Oh, it's beautiful. Did you do one before this podcast? Because your eyes are really red. Yeah, so you know how some people put eucalyptus oil in a hot bowl, put their face Mm. over it? That's what I do with burning phones. Make sure I take some big, deep breaths. 
Yeah. And that thick, acrid smoke really just clears me out. That's part of the gang life, though, isn't it? That's the main part. Yeah. I'll take a few big huffs. Yeah. Cough up a little blood, then I'm ready to go. That's right. If you want to be part of this life, you've got to be prepared for all that it brings. You might get in trouble with yeah. the police. You might get shot. Yeah. You might get severe lung disease from huffing in so much burning phone smoke. I mean, I tried really hard to bring us back onto a normal <laughs> a normal track. Here I am talking about burning iPhones for fire and inhaling the gases. Yeah, so. well, I'm fairly sure you, you started that. So. I did start, so. So let me rein it back in by saying that this week we will be discussing the 2016 horror thriller. Horror thriller. I can't roll my... Can you roll your L's? Thriller. No, thr- thriller. I, I, thriller. 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 Okay. Thriller. <laughs> Don't breathe. <laughs> horror. Thriller. Don't breathe. The 2016 horror thriller. <laughs> Don't breathe. You sound uh, like Gillian Anderson's Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My hair is missing don't breathe directed by Fede Alvarez mm-hmm. he also directed the Evil Dead remake which was incredibly gory Ooh. and he made this film to show that he, was, he wasn't all about the gore he mm. could do a smart twisty not so gory thriller as well and we're going to be talking about that later that is a film that I saw and enjoyed mm-hmm. and I thought I'd let Eamon check it out and see what he thought. Hang on, sorry, one second. Shush! Shh! Snowflake! Sorry. That was the guinea pigs again, wasn't it? Snowflake is rumble strutting, which is a dominance display. <laughs> rumble strutting? <laughs> it's like guinea pigs, which look inherently ridiculous, yeah. trying to in- intimidate one another. But they look tough. Makes them look even more ridiculous. It'd be like you in a gang. It is, yeah. yeah. They sort of make this kind of trilling noise and they rock their fat asses from side to side. It's just like, mate, that's not intimidating. You sound stupid. Oh. We got any letters this week? Any letters or emails? Anyone been in touch, Eamon? Anyone? Does anyone care? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We certainly do. Got a very nice email. Oh, um, I've, just, I've only skim read it. Yeah, I know. Well, let me read it out. Dear watching films on the toilet, I was disheartened to hear on the last episode you, you feel like all you've done in your podcast is to make enemies who subsequently issue threats of legal retribution or physical violence. Mm. I, for one, have greatly enjoyed your podcast. The film discussion is always very interesting, and the light-hearted banter has me crying with laughter. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, this is going really this well. Is great. Ben's impressions are brilliant, and I enjoy the crazy conversations, even when they do get a bit weird. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Anyway, chin up, boys, and don't listen to the haters. You're doing amazing work. Brilliant. Yours sincerely, the ghost of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, oh no! no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, Ben! <laughs> oh, it was going so well. Oh, I was loving that praise. Oh, it turns out it's from the worst man in history. Oh, jeez, Louise. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, is it wrong if I take the compliment? I don't really want to thank the ghost of Adolf Hitler for for writing into us. No. Um, but I will take the compliment. Yeah, me too. 
If there's the ghosts of any other historical figures listening mm. and you'd like to give us some feedback on the podcast, yeah. please do get in touch. Yeah, perhaps uh, a less evil ghost. What about Florence Nightingale yeah, would be a good one? Mary Seacole, um, Grace Darling, all the, <laughs> all the famous women yeah that would be yeah we only want to hear we don't want to hear from any white men actually we only want to hear from women dead women oh you know maybe like a um (laughs) sir francis drake or he's not uh, a woman no i know i just like to hear from him (laughs) it's been too long (laughs) it has yeah yeah the ghost of sir francis drake Mm. if you're listening please get in touch yeah yeah please do or like i said any of the any of the dead women send us an email write us a letter Whatever you can do from the from the spirit realm. We will be uh, giving you your details on how to communicate with us from the spirit world yeah. at the end of the podcast. It would be a double-edged sword if we found mm-hmm. out only in death that we were incredibly yeah. popular in the spirit oh, realm. Oh, man. That I would, know. Oh, Ooh, we loved your podcast. Oh, <laughs> finally we get to meet you. Oh, why do we find this out now when we go? Let's take you to your biggest fan. No, don't. No. Don't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> don't, just stop. He's listened to all your shows. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, Hopefully not. Anyway. Guess that only means one thing, old chum. What? Time for toilet news, isn't it? Oh! <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. Toilet news! That's how much Ben loves toilet news. Oh, I love it! You'll love this as much as I do, because this is toilet news from Plymouth. Hey! So, well, then uh, it's the best toilet news. If you guys have not listened to some of the earlier episodes, Ben and I uh, grew up in Plymouth. Yep. So we have a soft spot for the place. Also, kind of like laughing at it as well, which we're entitled <laughs> to do so because that's where we're from. We're actually allowed because we're from there, so don't, we can. So don't like, judge don't... us. No. So like, did I not say I was from Plymouth? Did I not say I was from Plymouth? <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. You can't criticise me, can you? Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That is actually an uncanny impression of, of how the Mothin would respond <laughs> <laughs> in that situation. So there you go. Yeah, we know our stuff. Okay. <clears throat> Plymouth Beauty Spot is being used as a toilet and dumping ground. Oh, no been used as a toilet right and before i start i mean what i should say is there's a lady who they take some quotes from in this and she gives an absolute masterclass in sarcasm it's amazing <laughs> it's absolutely amazing okay. okay what should be one of plymouth's prettiest areas is instead being used as a public toilet a dumping ground for waste and a place for people to take drugs an angry resident has claimed oh. the woman who asked to remain anonymous says she's been a long-term resident of Saltash Passage, which overlooks the River Tamar. Ah, right. But claims things have deteriorated significantly in the past few years. Mm. Okay. I am ashamed to live here in Saltash Passage, she told Plymouth Live. What a beautiful, accommodating little area on the bank of the River Tamar with beautiful views of the bridges and Saltash. It sounds idyllic, yes. But in reality, it is a shit tip used by drug addicts. (laughs) 
<laughs> the sheltered seating areas are used as public toilets and as a place to quietly sit, eating takeaways, drinking beer, and doing drugs. Oh, you can also leave your rubbish anywhere you like, including outside the homes of local residents and leave dirty nappies in the car park, along with takeaway leftovers. No toilets? Not a problem. Just visit the sheltered seating area next to the cafe and children's <laughs> play park where you can go to the toilet as you like. Yeah. Not only do we have to put up... Uh, okay, well, she stops being uh, sarcastic then. But anyway, so there you go, Ben. It's terrible, isn't it? Oh, it is. You're using it as a toilet. It's a beautiful place. You can't use a booty spa as a toilet. How can we put a stop to this, Eamon? Um, Petition? We could do a, some kind of fundraising event. We could. I think the only r- real way to put a stop to it is to make the other side worse. Yes. Put so much trash on the other side. Maybe start a sort of 300-person rave yeah. where everyone's you know, at the substances. And then the people on the other side of the river will look across and say, oh, I wouldn't want to live there. That'd be awful. I actually don't mind it here at all. What a, I'm a genius. That is a very good idea. We yeah. should solve all problems. Mm. Well, let's do it then. Yep. It's going to be a great family day. Bring your <laughs> children, your drugs, takeaways, yep. your shitting dogs. <laughs> Collect a, a few weeks' waste mm-hmm. just in a bag. You can put that yeah. all over the floor as well. Take an entire packet of Imodium. Yes. Bung yourself right up. <laughs> okay. And then when you feel like you're fit to burst... Head on down to Saltash. Yes. Get to it. My dad lives in Saltash. Oh, yeah? He walks his dog a lot around there. We'll be making a big bonfire. We could burn some phones. Burn some phones. We? I'm gonna, I've got a load of tyres I'm going to burn up. I'm going to bring those down <laughs> there. I've got some swears to spray paint all over. That's going to be a great party. Yeah. The first <laughs> annual watching films on the toilet landfill That's event. right. We're going to take that pebble beach, make them wish they never messed with the Devon side yeah. of the river, Tamar. It'll look like the beach in Dunkirk. <laughs> oh, there'll be some bodies, all right. Don't you worry about <laughs> yeah. that. More news. More news. Okay, this is from businessinsurance.com, where okay. it's my first call for news. Every time I wake up in the morning, I'm like, well, <laughs> better check old businessinsurance.com. You're into the stocks and the crypto, aren't oh, you? Oh, God. So I'm all across this kind of stuff. So ketchup packets are 2021's toilet paper. So citing a year's worth of COVID-19 restaurant closures, the ketchup industry says it's playing catch-up as supplies dwindle and companies seek to ramp up supply, according to the Wall Street Journal. Restaurants in search of packets are mostly feeling the squeeze. So, basically, because everyone's been operating just takeaways, Mm. can't just get a big old bottle of ketchup. No. Pop it on your rice. Your rice? Yeah, yeah, you have uh, ketchup. <laughs> you on do, rice, yeah, that's you? right. You get a, you get a Chinese, you get a Thai, lather that up in mm. ketchup. Dip your spring rolls in. First thing I yeah. say whenever I walk in to uh, <laughs> like a, a Chinese restaurant, yeah, or like a Thai restaurant, yeah. I'd be like, before you even show me the menu, please bring in a big bottle of ketchup. That's right. I find a head. Do you know what I actually do if I go into somewhere particularly upmarket? I've got squeezy bottles of ketchup up my sleeves, like Travis Bickle. Oh, nice. And I sort of flick it out while no one's looking and just go. You never know when you might need those condiments. Well, the other one I've got uh, mayonnaise. So anytime I want like a <sighs> prawn cocktail sauce, I am laughing. Double squeeze. There's been so many times I've been in restaurants and I'll just be wryly order. Can I have 12 dry prawns, please? <laughs> and the waiter will be like, oh, monsieur, these will be too dry. <laughs> I give him a little wink. I'll be like, I know what I'm doing. And when my dry prawns are <laughs> right. 
Are you eating in the Beast's house from Beauty and the Beast? Is it Lumiere? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Monsieur, you dry prawns. Yeah. And then when they're not licking, I'll be like... Yeah. Mix it all up. Oh, then I'll be like, oh, a mixing spoon as well, please. And then I have to have to mix it up. My wife says to me, well, why don't you just pre-mix it yeah. and just load it into one bottle down one arm? That's an amazing idea. You can't squeeze oh, out dried prawns, though. <laughs> I thought you... <laughs> you mean the sauce? I thought you meant the... <laughs> The whole thing. Yeah, I'll go to a restaurant. I'll, I'll, I'll have my pre-made mixture of the the dried, once dried prawns mixed in with the ketchup and mayonnaise, and I'll just be like, one plate, please. No, don't you want any? No, one plate, please. And then when they're not watching, let's go. No, no. One plate, please. No mixing spoon. <laughs> Well, that was the toilet news. (laughs) And now we're going to talk about our film for the week. As I said, Don't Breathe, Mm -hmm. 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, Eamon, how many sittings did it take you to get through Don't Breathe? And did you breathe? Afraid to say I did breathe once. Oh, cheater. I know. Uh, it took me eight sittings. What about you? Well, I didn't breathe. Mm. I watched it in 90 sittings <laughs> so that I could <laughs> not take a breath for the entire duration of the film. Well done to you, sir. What have you had a drink of for my summer week this week? I thought really hard. And when we had Russ on as a guest, he did the Big Re summary and uh, he did a very good thematic linked drink that, that lined up nicely with the film which you completely ignored last week so well no I try, I thought I'd try really hard so there's a blind man in this film what I did mm. is I blindfolded myself All right. went to the fridge and yeah. uh, took out the first thing I laid my hands on and drank that okay and it was uh, half a bottle of fish sauce <laughs> I thought you were going to say a turkey baster full of shit <laughs> <laughs> How long did that give you? Fortunately for you, I had to drink about three pints of water immediately afterwards because it was uh, so flipping gross. Anyway, that gives you a time of one minute 21. That's pretty good. Three, two, one, go. Our protagonists are three thieves. Rocky, who's trying to raise enough money to take her little sister away from her alcoholic mother. Alex, who really wants to impress Rocky. And Money, who's in it for the lols. Money receives a tip about this blind ex-soldier who's received a large cash settlement after some rich woman killed his daughter in a car accident. They break into his house, tranquilise his dog and search for the cash. Piece of cake, right? Unfortunately for them, the blind dude is a lot more dangerous than he looks. After he shoots Money in the head, Rocky and Alex hold their breath for a long time, then run into his basement to escape, only to find the daughter-killing rich girl has been tied up down there. And she's pregnant with the blind fella's child. Gross. Anyway, the blind guy accidentally kills the rich girl and then after some more failed escape attempts, manages to tie up Rocky so she can take the rich girl's place. Thankfully, Alex manages to stop him before he... Well, if you've seen it, you'll know what he was going to do. 
it's all looking good for Alex and Rocky, but then Alex gets shot, dead. Sad face. Rocky's chased by the massive dog, manages to trap it in a car, gets knocked out again, wakes up in the house again, but then sets off the alarm and the byman doesn't like that, so she beats him up and actually manages to escape. Then she heads to the airport with her little sister after seeing on the news that the blind fella is very much alive. The end. Whoa. Okay, well, that was a minute 30, so just nine seconds out, but too far out. So what did you think of this old film? I really like this movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like your expectations are frequently flipped upside down. The characters are not particularly robust. We don't know an awful lot about them, but they're economically introduced they all have motivations i mean other than money who's just disposable but for a reason and it just means we can get into the house very quickly and we can get on with the film and we can get on with the horrors it's intense and it's got a great central performance from stephen lang as well what do you think of it what do you think of the characters first of all well i've always hated the blind (laughs) and i feel like this film has kind of proved me right yeah, you're right. No, I, I agree with you. So the characterization was minimal. Mm. But I thought Rocky was a great character, actually, because you usually have like uh, an alpha male who's like, we should do this. And yeah. then often the character saying, oh, we shouldn't do this is like the girl. Whereas yeah. in this, it was the other male character saying we should yes. do this. Rocky was just like, don't be so late. Let's do yes. this. That's we right. were given just enough to know why she really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. See, it wasn't just because she was um, unpleasant. It was because she had a tough old home life and that was yeah. enough. She was looking to take an easy mm-hmm. way out, wasn't she? But she had she had <laughs> to suffer in order to escape. And suffer she does yes. in some very horrible ways. Yeah, well, as we talked about last time, I really don't like horror. It's not no. that I dislike the genre. It's that I don't like making myself feel all, like, stressed when I'm watching a film. Uh, I don't mind watching thrillers, but horror movies are just a little bit too, too much for me. Yeah. And I think you described this as quite a good gateway film, and that's, that's a perfect description of it. Because yeah. what I really, really liked is that it wasn't yeah. a monster or a crazed Leatherface-style adversary who's kind of so abstract they may as well be like a vampire or a werewolf or something. He's yeah. a really believable character. He's not super-powered no, either, he's is just he? Quite, I mean, he's very yeah. able, but he's an ex-soldier yeah. who has very much learnt to make the most of his disability. Yeah, the first time he appears around the corner after money uses his gun, it's, yeah, it's really creepy. Yeah. And he's got a really good face anyway, Stephen Lang. He's grizzled, isn't he? He is great. Initially, he's very much the victim, and he appears with his eyes closed... And he's sort of frail. Mm-hmm. He's got that crackly voice. Is anybody yeah. there? And he's saying, oh, mm-hmm. no, the poor man. But then he grabs money by the throat, opens his eyes, which are completely black like a shark. He's suddenly got yeah. this pumping great bicep. <laughs> you think, oh, my yeah. God, this guy's going to just crush his throat. He doesn't crush his throat. No, he lets him go, then shoots him in the head. Yeah. And you get that fight club, like, cheek flaring when he's... Yeah. Head blows off. That was what I really enjoyed about this, actually, mm. is he starts out as the person you feel sympathy yeah. for, and then by turns, he becomes the villain, and, and you start rooting against him. At what him. point did you stop feeling sorry for him? Pretty much when he shot the guy, I was just kind of like, okay, I don't feel sorry for anyone. Yeah. yeah. And then when you discover that chained-up girl in his basement, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, so... oh, That's the end of sympathy, yeah. isn't it? We can relate to him as fathers and obviously the the prospect 
you know, what he went through is, is horrific and that understand that kind of psychotic rage that is yeah. within him. Uh, but then I'd say generally I frown upon kidnapping. <laughs> mm, yeah, as a rule, I would say. If someone's talking to me about a planned kidnap, I often kind of show my distaste by like furrowing my brow. As if to say, like, yeah. I'm not cool with this kidnap, and I'd rather you stop talking about it. You wouldn't say anything, but you... Out of social politeness, I wouldn't call them out on it, but I'd hope my face would say enough yeah. that they, they'd just soon drop it. Well, that would be rude, yeah. wouldn't it? That would be rude. they drop the subject of the kidnapping and move on to something else. So I, I think that moment, I feel, when you, the kidnap is discovered, he does become the villain, but you can still understand his motivations. Yes. But then the subsequent revelations, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, no, he's definitely the bad guy. He is definitely yeah. just the bad guy. Well, you know, I can relate to him. Okay. Um, okay. Not because yeah. of kidnapping, but because I am essentially blind. Are you? Yeah, I can't see very well at all. I have terrible eyesight. I remember when, when we first moved up to London, mm. we did a, a data processing job oh, in North London, didn't we? Place. We lived in South London and we had to go all the way to North London. And I can't quite remember why. I think I tripped and my glasses fell off and they smashed on the floor. Yeah. And I had to get all the way from North London back to South London mm. without being able to see. Oh, wow. Okay. And the tube announcement boards, they were too high yeah. for me to be able to see. So I had to get on what I hoped was a train in, on the right branch yeah. to where I was going. And then I had to get on a bus, but I couldn't see the bus number. So I had to ask the bus driver. Yeah. It was horrible. Eventually, I made it home. That was after spending two weeks living with that bus driver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah. Well, he said it. He said the bus would take me home. So remember, you, you told me that he let you ride on his lap for the, uh, for the journey home. <laughs> Yeah, it was a funny-looking bus. It was very... Um... <laughs> it's more like a van with blacked-out yeah. windows. Yeah, no one else got oh, on. That is weird. That actually reminds yeah. me of a time I was in London when I was pretty young, pretty green yeah. around the gills. I'd done some work drinks. It was like a free bar, so I got absolutely hammered. Mm -hmm. And I was so drunk that I just remember thinking, if I get on any bus, I will end up going home. <laughs> So I just got on this bus. That's how London works. Yeah. And so anyway, I realised I was going the wrong direction, got off. Yeah. And somewhere I literally didn't know where I was going. And this old dodgy looking man just started talking to me. And he's very friendly. Yeah. And he was going, why don't you, why don't you come and stay at mine? Oh, God. Come and stay at mine. Yeah. And his way of trying to seal the deal of that was to uh, tempt me in with a snow globe. <laughs> and he's just like, here's this snow globe. He was going to give you a snow globe gift. He gave me it. Oh, wow. There was no strings attached. No, definitely not. Definitely not. He said, here's the snow globe. Come back to mine. And fortunately, even then, I was just like, mm, this isn't quite right. Yeah, there were some bells that still ring in your head. So I said, uh, oh, no, I'm good, thanks. But please take all the change I have in return for this snow globe. And I gave him all the money I had because <laughs> I felt I didn't, I didn't want to offend him. But then as soon as I'd shaken him off, I realized that the snow globe might have germs on it. So I left it on a bollard. <laughs> Oh, so you just left it there. So anyway. I wonder if we could get him on the podcast. <laughs> There's a brilliant scene in this film, which was unlike anything I think I'd seen before, right. in the dark. Mm. So the way they shot darkness actually felt like darkness. Yeah. Darkness is always so well lit, because it would just be black. Mm. But in this, I think they used a, a ring light mm. to light what was right in front of the camera. Yeah. 
And then they added some post effects. Yeah. But there's a part where the camera kind of pulls away from the blind guy and he just disappears yes. into yeah. the darkness. That was great. Really effective. Really creepy. They all wore mm. these big dilated pupil lenses, which meant they couldn't see. Ah. So it worked really well. There's very little not to like about this film. Yeah. It's tight. The only thing I didn't quite like is the very end mm -hmm. where they, they reveal that he survived. Yeah. And he's going, this brave ex-veteran fought off these home invaders. Yeah. And you kind of think, yeah, but if the police must have come to his house because he fell down a flight of stairs, would they not have at least had a look at the dungeon? Like, would they not have at least gone like, hmm, so you've got a load of... Uh pillows set up in a kind of a like a cell and uh, loads of handcuffs everywhere that is true i i did wonder how they had missed all that stuff because police are often shown to be morons in life film right sorry and and in real life also but like you'd feel like at the very least they'd have a little snoop around yeah <laughs> yeah like, no well i just found this uh, guy it's clearly been guns fired and there's blood everywhere but not going to look around. I'm just going to address the creepy-looking blind guy who's yeah. unbelievably hench. <laughs> there, we'll just get about 10 or 12 cops down here to carry him up the stairs because <laughs> he's an absolute beast. And no further. Let's go no, no. further. <laughs> Do you remember when we played hide-and-seek in the dark yes. at my house? We must have been about 16. And it was you and me and a few friends. And mm. what I love about that is that at that age, most lads were out getting absolutely mm. smashed. We all went round to my house and played hide-and-seek in the dark, <laughs> which yeah. tells you everything you need to know about how cool we were yeah. at oh, that age. Geez. Yeah. I tried to play it with my kids recently, mm -hmm. and they got way too scared. <laughs> they couldn't handle it. They were terrified. <laughs> it is really scary. That's yeah. why it is I brilliant. I did keep running yeah. past them in the dark and shouting, I'm coming. <laughs> But that's just part of the game, right? Yeah. That's just part of the game. Yeah, that's right. They need to grow a pair. <laughs> yeah. You also had a live octopus, didn't you? Which you'd, you'd throw at their faces and it'd yeah. like wrap around their face like in James Bond. Yeah, but th again, that's the game. That's the game, mm. isn't it? It's probably one of the best times mm. with friends I've ever had. But it was really good fun. Yeah, and, it was awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, some mates might have been uh, bird-dogging chicks and <laughs> banging <laughs> as... Murphy says in one booth over the cuckoo's nest, we were playing hide and seek in the dark. Yeah, we were. We were, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Tell the listeners what you do when you're near, when you were in your courting days, obviously before you married. Yeah. What would you do when you were near an, an attractive lady? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not just an attractive lady. Anyone attractive any beautiful yeah. person, man or woman, uh -huh. yeah. if I make eye contact with them, I just laugh. <laughs> it's so weird. I just, it just makes me laugh. So mm -hmm. if a beautiful person walked into a room, I'd have to mm -hmm. kind of look anywhere but at their face in order to have a conversation. <laughs> I go the opposite way, which is if I see someone, attractive man or woman, I automatically assume that they're looking down on me. <laughs> as an ugly person and become immediately right, okay. resentful and like shirty with them just like who do you think you are just be just because you are you look down on me and like one time out of ten it works really well well yeah i gave my uh my wife yeah uh, a load of shit the first time we met she's like <laughs> fucking looking at me like that and for some reason she yeah. uh she it worked really it well endearing. yeah it's good yeah whereas it um, well, yeah. yeah i just kept laughing mm. at my wife and and now we've been married for a long time laughter stopped a long time ago though didn't it yeah <laughs>
<laughs> on that note, in light of our ongoing yeah. beef with Josh Widdicombe, I was doing some research and uh, I was listening to some Josh Widdicombe air quotes telling jokes. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, <laughs> furious whilst watching because it was so unfunny. My wife, my wife was in the other room howling with laughter. <laughs> she was just like, oh, you oh, got Widdicombe on me. That guy is the best. So there you go. It's real beef. 100% prime British yeah. beef. Wow. Yeah. So, Benjamin. Benjamin. Would you flush this film away or would you fish it out oh. and keep it? Oh, yeah. I'd fish it out and I'd keep it under my bed like Stephen Lang keeps <laughs> his big gun. I thought you were going to say under your pillow then for a second. <laughs> Which would not be such a good idea. Yeah, no, I wouldn't put it under my pillow. Um, yeah, I'd fish out. I really like it. I think it's mm. a twisty thriller. It's, it's brief. It's effective. Yes. It's shocking. And it, it is thrilling all mm. the way through. What mm. about yourself? Yes, I also fish this out. As discussed, not my favourite genre, mm. but really impressed. I had a, a villain with a good motivation. Yeah. No supernatural powers. He was just like an ex-Marine yeah. hench able to work with you know within his own parameters really well done i'm really glad so that means we've both fished it out it is going into the tank of glory We had a little gunfight there. Sorry, we got so that? excited. Yeah. That's insane. They were actually, we made all those noises with our mouths as well. <laughs> I'm sure you're thinking, like, where do they get such sweet sound effects? <laughs> I know. We're okay. We're okay. No we're guns okay. were fired. Anyway, so Don't Breathe joins Midnight Run, Hard Boiled, and Brawl in Cell Block 99 in the Tank of Glory. So that's four movies. There's space for one more. And wow. after that, we're going to have to take one out becomes a to put one in. Tense negotiation. All right, so now it's time for this week's mm. Top Verve. Top Verve. <laughs> I've run out of ammo. Just me this time? Okay, fine. Now, in the film Don't Breathe, we didn't talk about Ooh. the massive dog. Yeah. Terrifying dog. If you put on the subtitles of this film, they actually tell you what the dog is saying when he's barking. <laughs> What was he saying? He's just, I'm going to eat you up. Oh, right. Oh, okay. You were bad to my friend. <laughs> That's what they were going to call this film originally, but suits got involved, didn't they? I'm going to eat you up. I'm going to eat you up. You are bad to my friend. Anyway, big mm-hmm. scary dog. So this week we are doing top five movie Ooh. dogs. You go first. Okay, I'm going to say the, uh, the dog from John Wick. I'll have to give it to you because you said John Wick. Yeah. It was actually the big dogs from John Wick 3. Right that Halle Berry uses right. and they are like attack dogs okay. and they grab people in the air and jump at them and they're sort of like dog kung fu and they are awesome. Oh, okay. I'm going to choose Baxter from Anchorman. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Einstein from Back to the Future. Yes. Hey! we? This is not good. I feel pleased as punch. Okay, I'm going to say Doug from Up. Yes, of course. Yes. yes. I would say 
I mean, one of my all-time favourite characters in any Pixar movie. He's so funny. He's amazing. Cracks me up just looking at him. Well, if you get this, you've won. I'm going to say Mad Max's dog. No. Hmm. All right, this is a duplicate. Pippet from Jaws. Pippet. <laughs> <laughs> Pippet. Have you just chosen because of the way, weird way he says Pippet? I like the way he purr, says Pippet. No, I have not chosen Pippet. Oh, oh. No. You rat bag. I know. So what have you chosen? So I had Doug in Up, Dante in Coco, another Pixar dog. I can't watch that film. Why not? It breaks me. Coco's the grand, yeah. isn't she? And she just reminded me of my nan. Oh. I took the boys to see that in the cinema mm. and I was, I was a mess. I was embarrassing. <laughs> oh, mate. But anyway, move on. I've got Jack, who's the little dog in The Artist. Puffy, the dog in a cast in There's Something About Mary. Right. And Verdell in As Good As It Gets, which I think is the best name of any dog. <laughs> it's a great name, Verdell. So what did you go for then? I had Einstein from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I had the uh, Attack Dogs from John Wick 3. I had Frank from Men in Black. Oh, yeah. I had Puppet from Jaws. Puppet. <laughs> and I had Max from Terminator 2. Ah, excellent. My choice for our next film to watch, 1993, directed by mm. Joel Schumacher, Falling Down. Nice. So I remember watching this at the time, yep. thinking, this guy's an absolute psycho. I feel a little apprehensive that I'll watch this and completely relate to everything <laughs> that that character goes through and be like rooting for him the whole way. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that's going to happen. Yeah. So there you go. Another one in the bag. That's what they say in the industry, isn't it? That's right. They say, that's another one in the bag. Let's go and sleep with some prostitutes and do loads of drugs. <laughs> yeah, like they, like they say in no. the industry. But when we and you finish, we're like, that's another one in the bag. Let's go and play tag in the dark. Yeah. Or let's just go to bed. Should I have a snack? No, it's bedtime. Wee. Well then. Tell you what, we're all over Instagram. Oh man. We've got so many followers, like... You should probably follow us in case you look uncool. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to miss out. Oh, but by the way, all your friends are following us. So why don't you follow yeah. us? It'd be really That's uncool right. if you don't. Most of our followers are crips. Yeah. So why don't you just follow us? Because we're actually really cool. Yeah. We don't mind if bloods follow no. us. That's okay. Yeah. We've tried reverse psychology. Now we're just going for peer pressure. All your cool friends are doing it. So you should probably do it as well. And you should speak with like an upward intonation. Yeah. Like when you follow us, you should like all our posts as well. We're on the Facebook. We're not on Twitter because it's a hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, I'd say it's the worst social media. So It's too busy. We kept on getting all these push notifications saying your tweets aren't racist enough. Yes, that's right. We were trying our best, but nothing we could come up with was, was inflammatory enough for the bods at Twitter HQ. Nothing for anyone to get cross about. <laughs> yeah. So you won't find us on Twitter, but you can find us in other places. In the park. We're down the park quite a lot. You can find us down <laughs> oh, there. mate. You know, there's two big trees next to each other. Yeah. We're often there. So if you want to come down the park, we're there. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> there. 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 Oh, yeah. okay. We're there. We're there. Also, we will be hanging out on the bank of the Tamar. We're going to go and... For that party. We're going to go down and fuck <laughs> up Cornwall <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> which is something you've been meaning to do for quite a while oh, now isn't it that's what's been keeping me going during the lockdown as soon as this lockdown is over i'm gonna yeah. get down there i'm gonna trash that shoreline <laughs> and now you've got a legitimate reason to do exactly. it exactly <laughs> yeah yeah police, <laughs> the police actually can't move you on no if you're burning tires and making a mess you're like oh doing it for charity they're like 
Fair enough. Cool. And obviously we have a podcast, so please like it, mm. subscribe to it. You could write a review if you want. We actually had, in all seriousness, someone write a really nice review. Yeah, we did. The other day, and really it, really, nice. <laughs> it really made our days. Yeah, it was beautiful. So, you know, if you want to cheer up two middle-aged men, just write something nice. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. Amen. Mm. What do you... What do you say at the end of the podcast? <laughs> Flushing. <gasps> wow, did you not breathe? Exactly, yeah. Don't breathe. Bye. Bye. Bye.